Powered by Red Media in partnership with TSN, it is Season 5, Episode 44 of the Rain Dregs Hockey Podcast. Presented by our title sponsored Canadian Club Whiskey, who have introduced the first release of the Canadian Club Invitation Series, CC 15-year-old Sherry Cask. All the hallmarks of classic Canadian club with the added richness and sweetness of Sherry. So, as we signed off on Thursday, last Thursday, Rain, the Rain Dregs Hockey Podcast, I... I acknowledge that, unfortunately, had to head back to Manitoba uh, for a funeral. Um, so coming back yesterday, you know, our intent, Holly, and my intent was to fly back 3 o'clock Central Time, coming out of Winnipeg to Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were going to drive from the cabbage, our lake place, uh, Monday morning. You know, four-hour drive, not that big of a deal. Get to Winnipeg, jump on a plane, and away you go. Well, Saturday, we learn of something called an Alberta Clipper. Don't know what that is. Yeah, well, neither did I, and I grew up on the prairies. But it's a fast-moving storm that brings all kinds of nonsense. Lots of snow, wind, plummeting temperatures, all of that. So it's forecasted to hit rural Manitoba, the lake, eh, like early Sunday evening, and then carry through Monday morning. And we're like, all right, what are we going to do here? And, you know, because we tried to jam in visiting around the services, we've got lots of family and friends out that way. We 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 just had to pull the pin on Sunday, right? I mean, you got to do what's right. right. So, so we jump in the car, we drive back. <laughs> we drive back to uh, Winnipeg on Sunday night, get into Winnipeg at 11 o'clock. And then now all of a sudden, the flights start either being canceled or delayed back to Toronto right. out of Winnipeg. And I'm, you know, we're recording this episode on Tuesday. And I'm like, hmm. So we've got the Leafs in Vegas <laughs> tomorrow being Tuesday. I've got insider trading. I've got the podcast. I've got all these things. And you've traveled extensively. And it's almost like the travel gods. And maybe God rest her soul, Darlene smiled down and and went, all right, there's going to be one flight that is uninterrupted that finds its way into Toronto, and we hit it. So uh, It was you guys? It was us. Yeah, we got back. So at least you were in the hotel when the flights were being canceled, right? Or delayed, yeah. I mean, <laughs> right? Because the the worst, the honestly, the worst part of travel is when you're sitting in the airport, yeah, and the flights start turning red on the board, yes, and and yours is still still there, yeah, but they're starting to go in order, and you're like, oh, well, and it's and you're like, is there an earlier flight? Can I get on? Should I change? If I change, what if mine's the one that gets out? It's a minefield, and. That exactly happened. I was on the phone with Air Canada about to change from the 2.50 p.m. down to the 12.45. And while we're making the change, she goes, oh, hold on a sec. It just got delayed to 4 p.m. And then ultimately it got canceled. So, I mean, anyway, we we ended up (laughs) making the best of it. Yeah. So, again, just a real quick travel story because I want to, you know, compare experiences. Are you a carry-on guy? 100%. 100%. Drake's, yeah. I, I can travel. I think even with like with games, yeah, I can do over two weeks in a carry bag. O- almost three, I think. If wow. I, it, yeah, 
We have laundry in the hotel, and if you like the shirt I'm wearing today, good. You're going to see it again six other times, but that's the way it goes. And yeah. I could couple suit jackets, same pair of pants. Yeah, I can do that. So Always. here's my prediction. I mean, you probably don't. I mean, you travel so much more than I do, so you probably don't even pay attention to it because it's common for you, right? I mean, we're in row 20 or whatever it is. And I'm looking above, and I mean, you can't squeeze a jacket in the storage area anymore, right? Because everybody's bringing in these massive carry-ons. They don't right. check anymore, or they don't seem to with Air Canada. Here's what's coming down the road. It, I think it's going to be a class issue, right? If you don't have a certain ticket, you're either going to have to pay for carry-on storage or they're just not going to allow it. You're going to have to check a bag because of the delays, all the nonsense. Like it was just one thing. Okay. After. So I, I think it's going the other way. <laughs> okay. I think I, I do really, because less bags checked means less personnel on the ground. Yeah. Which that's means true. less baggage, which yeah. is a, a tighter, yeah. right. A tighter, tighter, nut on the other end. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I, Yes, yesterday I'm flying home uh, from Chicago and the flight attendant says as the guy's putting his bag, you know, now they can get them on their side yeah, in the yeah. overhead and they go, oh, is that a Toomey bag? Yeah, that one's too long. It won't fit. And oh, I'm like, what? pretty soon there's going to be, I think what yeah. they'll end up doing is saying, here are approved bags yeah, or approved sizes. And they'll just, you'll have to wheel your bag. Everybody's got wheels. So you'll have to wheel it through the thing, and if it gets stopped, out it goes and it checks. And what are they going to do? Because everybody wants to check. I'll, yeah. I'll tell you, I I can't even remember. Well, the last <laughs> time I the last time I checked my bag was when I golf. went on a golf trip, and the head of the driver got snapped off. So um, if Ooh. I could have carried on my if I could have carried on my golf clubs, I would have done that too. But no, yeah, no checking. Checking is uh, a friendship ender. <laughs> you're on your own at the other end yeah sorry i'll see you at the hotel we're not sharing yeah. the cab <laughs> no chance <laughs> all right let's go into the headlines brought to you by tim hortons add the perfect blend of heat and sweet to your next lunch or dinner with tim's new sweet chili chicken loaded wrap or bowl packed with hearty ingredients like tasty grains you've got lettuce you've got fresh tomatoes cucumbers and as always your choice of crispy or slow uh, slow cooked chicken only at Tim's. Um, so we're now 10 days from the trade deadline, right? And mm -hmm. man, there's an old farm saying, um, I don't chew my cud twice, which is in relation to a cow, right? Mm. <laughs> Again, not, I've learned two things. I've learned the Alberta <laughs> clipper and this yeah, saying. Yeah, don't chew your cud twice, which means I've already, you know, I, we've talked about it. There's no reason to talk about it again. Well, in the world of the trade deadline and the days leading up to it, oh. that's all we do, right? That's all, especially on my side of things. But you get the yep. same thing, you know, yep. every radio interview. What do you do, think they're going to do? What do you think they're going to do? What do you yeah. think? Could they do this? Could they? Oh. Yeah. I mean, there are teams that are still in the mix, especially on in the Western Conference. You look at right. St. Louis, you look at many. Um, in the East, it's starting to spread a little bit more. Um, but... You know, do you see an appetite for significant change? Or do you think that we're just going to be talking about Chris Taff, Noah Hannafin, maybe Jacob Markstrom, 
the Philadelphia guys, the Montreal players, like all of that. I mean, hopefully on March 8th, we have a lot to talk about and all of these players are in play. I'm talking about the next nine days leading up to March 8th. Well, I, 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 I really believe there'll be moves before the deadline. Um, there always is. Uh, and, you know, we saw the, the quick domino of Elias Lindholm, boom, there goes Sean Monaghan. And I, th- I think yeah. the next wave of that, Dregs, is yeah. will happen and a defenseman will go and all of a sudden, like, let's, let's say Noah Hannafin goes next, right? He's having a terrific year and lots of teams would be very interested. If he goes, all of a sudden, Tanev, Sean Walker, Nick Sealer, teams start to get a little antsy, like, if they yeah. are thinking about making a move, they're like, what if we get left with nothing? Yeah. And and we do want to make a move. So that is um that's how I think that sort mm. of plays out. I like you said, you, you know, even just mentioning it, you're all those teams, like that's a lot of players. Yeah. I, I think there will be significant moves. Um the the one thing that it, really interesting to me are are two teams to watch. Um, Philadelphia and Seattle mm-hmm. because now Philly's in third in the Metro and they, you know, they played Cal Peterson on Sunday and goal and Sunday. Yeah. Sunday. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's seven, six, like they can't play Sam Erson all the time. Right. Right. And so without Carter Hart anywhere to be, to be around, yeah. um, uh, it's Urson. Yeah. Well, so if so Philly's got two choices. Do they do they make a move to back up Urson or do they go ahead and offload Sealer and Lawton like they've talked about and maybe uh, and Sean Walker seems to be the most prominent, but if they do that then they probably fall out of a playoff spot. Right. And so they're one. The other Seattle start has put some wins together. They beat Boston in a shootout yesterday and I think Boston's played six straight overtime games. Like, man, do they get do they get extra pay for that? <laughs> and um, and so like Jordan Eberle's there. Would they move Eberle or would they resign him? Like, yeah, you know, Alexander Wenberg seems like he's probably going to go. But if they do that, that means they're kind of saying this isn't our year to be in. We're going to reload a little bit. So I think those two teams are pretty interesting yeah. to watch. I, I think Philadelphia is bluffing a little bit. Our good our good friend Keith Jones. And Danny Breer. I mean, every time we just had Jonesy on the podcast. Yeah. And every time you talk to him, yeah, I mean, you know, the offers aren't good enough to move Walker or Sealer, not good enough to move Scotty Lawton. We're open for business, all of that, right? Okay, right. well, you're also a playoff team. And I keep hearing from the Philadelphia Flyers how much they love Sean Walker and Nick Sealer. And I know that they've at least had initial contract discussions on keeping Sealer. Not as much on Walker. Um, but if you like these players and you're a playoff-worthy team, which they are mm-hmm. right now, extend them. Well, like, no, that's <laughs> the most danger that's the most dangerous thing to do because if you extend them and you feel that this season has been um a real pleasant surprise, yeah, then you get fair. stuck in a year with with somebody that's maybe past what they are at this time. Right. That's the danger is I, I hate it, but the fact is there is no loyalty and there shouldn't be. No, 
you you have to deal be. in you have to deal in today otherwise yeah. you end up with contracts that you can't stomach in a in a year or two don't forget in philly um i don't know the timeline but rasmus ristolainen is out mm. at, at some point he's going to be back and that gives them eight defensemen although jamie drysdale got crushed the other night yeah. uh, by jansen harkins and he's got i think some kind of upper body thing they've been playing 70 yeah. like they've got yeah. a lot of d and so i i don't know i I think they're bluffing too because they're they're pushing the envelope for the best deal. But um, I, I don't I don't see them retaining. I, mm. I don't. Okay, uh, dive into the general manager's office of the New Jersey Devils. If you're Tom Fitzgerald, what are you doing? You know, if, unless something magical happens here, and it's possible, it's it's unlikely, but it's possible that they they find a way to claw into the playoff mix here, right? Um, that's not happening between now and March eighth. So because of injury, shoddy goaltending, and, and other issues, there's a good chance the Devils are going to miss the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Do you stand pat and then really try to be as aggressive in the area of goaltending, especially in the offseason, if you like maybe the more options that might be available at that point? Well, it depends who they're they're looking at. So they've, you know, you guys have linked them. I say you guys, the insiders have linked them to Markstrom. They've linked them to Soros. Um, Nashville becomes an interesting team because they've got a young guy, Askarov. I wonder if he's learned to hang on to his stick yet. Remember him from the World <laughs> Juniors? Yes, yes, yeah. That kid's stick was all over the place. Anyway. Um, he's good, though. He's really good. And so he's the goalie of the future. So Nashville now has won five straight, and they're in a playoff spot. And would they move Soros now? And that all gets back to Jersey because Jersey does not have an NHL number one goalie mm. they don't and if, if Schmid is one of your two he's still a young guy Vanacek has not shown that he can handle a heavy load and Nico Dawes is they're trying to figure out what he is if you have designs on being a playoff team you can't pick and choose and hope and throw darts every night in goal and and hope that it's going to be good enough now Timo Meyer has been a and I know he's been banged up this year, but oh boy, he's that been did a mess. Not go well, no, you know, and that's an eight-year extension. Yeah. They miss Dougie Hamilton back there. They've got two really good but really young defensemen playing big minutes there in uh, Nemitz and, and Hughes. Yeah, I don't. I personally don't like the makeup of their team. Uh, I think they're too small. Um, I think they're very, very similar in a lot of parts, and yeah. maybe those two things come together: the goaltending and changing the mix. Mm. of the makeup of their team. Um, yeah. I thought last year was a lightning bolt for them. And maybe they wouldn't have been in the position they are now had they lost in the first round last year. Mm. Had they lost that series, maybe they would have been more apt to make some changes. Right. Just realizing that you're not quite there yet. Right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, and Ollie, Ollie <laughs> thinks so too. Ollie just ran it. Perfect. Hey, buddy. Um, I won't mention the team and I'm not even going to mention the conference, but you, you, you know, Saros and the possibility of Nashville trading him that that's been out there. The speculation has yeah. been out there again. I, I, I park it in the category of unlikely if, if not completely unexpected, because the one team that I'm going to reference here and not name said the ask from them 
was astronomical, as you'd expect. I mean, it has to be. I mean, UC Saros is a really good NHL goaltender, but yeah. you're talking about a top young NHL forward, another top young prospect, and at least one first-round draft pick for Saros. Yeah. Well, and the you team know, just hung up and said, all right, no thanks. <laughs> could you... And don't, so here's here's something to remember too. This is Barry Trotz's first go round, yeah, as a GM, and you've known Barry a long time. <laughs> um, he's he's going to set a price, yeah, and he's not going to chew his cud twice. <laughs> he's he's not. He's going to cut your cabbage. You can you can use cabbage as well. Can use cabbage I don't chew my cabbage yeah. twice. Yeah. I like cabbage better actually because okay. I don't really know what cut is. I it's mean, it's like mean. it's a it's a cattle term. It's like hey, it's like okay, yeah. Well, I'm more likely to eat, I'm more likely to eat cabbage than cud. So um, <laughs> I uh, I I just I see a huge price for Soros because I think he's a he's one of those goalies that is a difference maker. He's not a hoper that yeah. you hope he makes the change. Yeah. Um, but man, that's a big price. That's a, it's a big price. So if, if I'm Jersey, I'll tell you, I'll tell I, you the team I, I, off the air because okay. I just, yeah. And that's going to piss a lot of our listeners and those watching off because I'm the insider. I'm supposed to report on this stuff. I just, I, I can't break confidence in this case, but you'll be, you'll be not amused, but you'll be entertained by the idea. Oh, I, 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 I like this stuff, but yeah, All right. so yeah. tough, tough times with the, and the, I think, Dregs, the one thing we have to mention and make clear about these 10 days around the deadline yeah. is, you know those things in the middle of the table? I don't know what they're called that spin around. You know, you put the, mm. there's the food and the condiments that are on there. Yeah, I want to say a Lazy Susan, but that's not it. Because the Lazy Susan is the corner cupboard that has cupboard, that spin yes. around thing, right? But those okay. things that spin around, the GMs are all sitting around their table. And that thing is spinning around <laughs> with the players on it. And each time it goes by you, I'm sure they feel, okay, did I make the right choice passing there? Because I yeah. want that player. Because the thing's going to spin around to the other 31 guys. <laughs> and then it comes back to you again. And so I just have this image of the players all sitting on one of those things and just looping around. And yeah. you go, oh, too late. Yeah. And then you got to call him back. But now he's on the phone with somebody else. <laughs> and I, and, and I, I, it, it, the pressure now is, it, it must be immense. So there, there's an experienced manager, again, not going to... To present Jesus, identity. What are you doing I know, today? I know. But this is a funny one because I asked recently, you know, what? Again, we keep going through this, you know, just a spiral of speculation, but really no mm. substance, which to your point right, is going right. to change, obviously. And he goes, well, is some are sellers because they aren't very good managers, which in turn makes them not very good as negotiators. <laughs> Man, is that a zing, though, huh? Yeah. Like, and it was a simple question. Why aren't we seeing more action? And that was the response I got. Okay, good enough. I get it. <laughs> well, yeah, here's the other thing. If if a, if a guy is nervous about pulling the trigger as a manager, yeah. it's safer to do it in June and July sure. because that's yeah. things are going to settle down before you actually see the fruits yeah. of the trade. You do it now yeah. and the, the spotlight's yeah. on you now. Is there a Canadian team? Yeah, you know, this is a loaded question. I'm kind of radioing you here, but is there a Canadian team that has to make a meaningful trade? Not just a depth trade, but something that matters? Well, 
okay, here's the problem with this answer is that two and a half weeks ago, I would have said, man, the, the Leafs have to do something. Now, mm-hmm. don't you love the Leafs? They've won seven straight. They don't give yeah. up any goals. How the hell did that happen? Yeah, Bertuzzi's going, Domi's going. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and so, I, I would say that makes them even more likely, you know, to make a deal. I but do you believe yeah. this? But do you believe this two and a half weeks, or do you believe the other four months of the season? And and that's something that Tre Living's going to have to decide. Mm-hmm. But as far as like, I think Edmonton will make a move. I I would be stunned if they don't make a move of some significance. Okay. I think Vancouver will make a move because they have already, and mm-hmm. they've been really aggressive in trying to make a good team a great team. Yeah. And and I I don't see any way Toronto gets through the deadline without a deal. Like so, those three teams. I don't see Winnipeg really, although Kevin Dayoff always seems to to have his his thumbs in something you know like and then the trade happens and you go oh it's yeah. a paul stastny or yeah right they're they're always remember kevin hayes they, yeah, like, yeah yeah i'm also so looking I, like you probably noticed like cole perfetti was on the fourth line the other night played seven mm-hmm. minutes and 44 seconds yeah uh, like i mean if rick bonus doesn't want to play that kid or put him in a position where you can utilize his skill set I mean, based on the year they're having, maybe, maybe Chevy goes out and acquires a fourth line player, (laughs) you know, almost like a plug in forward, if you will. I don't know. Something to watch. Well, sure. Except you you don't, you're not, you're not suggesting they punt on Perfetti, are you? No, um, but because it's, it's not just about today. No, it's not. It's not. Unless it's just you, curious unless, how he's being used. That's all. Well, and and so that becomes so that always becomes an issue between <laughs> the manager and the coach. Yes, because the manager goes, you know what? He's not going anywhere, and the coach goes, yeah. Well, I'm not playing him. Kind of feels and, like and, that. And, and, <laughs> and somewhere in there, the coach has to look at the guy sitting in front of him and go, "I trust you for the next thirty seconds." Yeah. And puts him on the ice. And then the player plays well enough that he goes, okay, I can use you again. Yeah. And and so the coaches, he, the thought of the managers and the coaches in harmony drags all the time is laughable. Yeah. That does not happen. Yeah. And and there, there are lots of discussions and lots of places about, we have this player, why aren't you using him? And the yeah. coach will say, because I don't trust him. Yeah. Yeah, and bones it happens all the, the time. Yeah, I mean, and and look, there's a healthy amount of respect, I'm sure, between Kevin Chevaldeoff and Rick Bonus. But at the end of the day, Rick Bonus is at a place in his career where he's running that bench the way he wants. But, but to here's run the that thing, Drake. It, it doesn't even matter that Bones is near seventy. It is the fact of the matter is when you're standing behind the bench, it does not matter, yeah, or cannot matter what the general manager has done because. He's going to give you the players, yeah. and I've learned this talking to enough GMs. They have to keep their hands off the coaching, mm-hmm. even if they don't agree with it. Now Agreed. they'll discuss yeah. lots of things, but you got to keep your hands off the coaching. And if you don't like the coach, then you got to change them. Yeah, but you can't tell yeah. him, "Oh, by the way, I'm coaching the team from the box up here." Like, yeah. That doesn't work. So I want to talk about the Chris Jellios jersey retirement. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know what a fun. It- night that looked like until Patrick Kane spoiled it in overtime. That's fine. No, he didn't, he didn't spoil, he didn't spoil it. He made it perfect. It was just the way, 
It was the way it was supposed to be. It <laughs> um, really was. So we're going to talk about that. Do you want to? Do you want to push Matt Rempe and yeah. what he's got going on to Thursday? Well, I'll just say I'll just say really quickly. Yeah, Matt Rempe is fighting every game. He's fighting. You know, he got thumped the other night. Yeah, um, by Olivia. But 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 here's the thing. He's he's like this rush into the league, and he's going to have to settle because you can't do this every game. No, you just physically you can't do it. The other part is you're going to get hurt. Yeah. The third part is you have to be able to play or Peter Laviolette can't put you on the ice. Right. Because there's going to be a point that if if he doesn't play well, the other tough guys are going yeah. to go, yeah, you can do whatever you want because yeah. nobody cares. So I think there's an experience in the last couple of games, and, and we'll, we'll move on, but he's on the radar of the NHL. And maybe by extension, the Rangers are too, right? Because he fights Deloria, the Flyers, got tagged pretty good there. He got tagged. By the way, yeah, but he tagged Delorean. Oh, yeah. That was I was I did the game. Yeah. I mean he did. So from the very beginning, Delorean went over to him in warm-up. Yeah. 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 Asked, told whatever that they were gonna fight. And and that was like that was an old fashioned punch in the face contest. But you and Delorean came away with a big egg too. Yeah. Like anyway, go ahead. You know how sensitive the league is is when it comes to anything head related. I mean, you get mm-hmm. a stick or a puck in the mouth and head office is calling to make sure that that player is okay to right. play the next game. But if they're but if if fighting's in the game, <laughs> yeah. They're not yeah. they're not they're not punching in the in the yeah. chest. It's not a No. It's not like a dead arm contest that we used to have when we were teenagers, right? They're trying to punch each other in the face. Yeah, but remember Rempe, when Wendell Clark yeah. Remember when Wendell Clark told us when he fought they used to try and punch through the back of the head. Oh, I no. still get chills of uh, thinking of that. Like, I didn't it, like it's that. A nasty business, man. N- not a doctor by any stretch, any of that. So just an observation. I didn't like the way Matt Rempe left the ice after the Olivier fight, Columbus. Like he was wobbly. okay, but that's what the that's what the <laughs> protocols are for. That's what the doctors are for. Yeah. And if he left the ice wobbly and he goes to concussion protocol, then that should be it. Yeah, that that's that's a whole other discussion. It is, but yeah. you you can't ask Olivier don't punch so. No, hard. no, no. That's not what I'm suggesting. No, no. I. Just, I mean, if if fighting's in the game, yeah, it's allowed. Yeah. We, we we have to. Yeah. If it's in the game, you have to look at it and go. These are big men. Yeah. And I worry that somebody's going to get really hurt in one of these things. Yeah. Agreed. Matt Rempe is Matt Rempe's two hundred and forty five pounds. Yeah. Like when these guys punch what each other. Six eight? He's a, six eight and a half. The force, the force. Sorry, yeah. we weren't we're gonna gonna go past this, but it's a <laughs> it's a lightning topic, right? It is, it's, it is. It really is. And I it didn't look it didn't look like like he was in good shape. And that's gonna be another reason he's gonna fight less. Yeah. It's because you can't keep you can't keep going to the well. Well, and I look, just again to to put a wrap on this. And I, it will be, it'll continue to get discussed because, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's just, it's a, it's a story of the week or we'll see if it extends beyond that. But the league did not respond to me when I asked about it. And then I only asked about whether there's an investigation going on, not into 
the fighting topic. I mean, that's age old. We're not, we're, we're yeah. never getting past that because it's legal. You can do it. You get penalized for it. That's why there's mm-hmm. a major penalty and I did not get a response. So anyway, on to uh, more positive things. And let's talk about the Chalios retirement party. You teed it up by saying you knew it was going to be a party. You kind of wished yeah. that, you know, you were going to go out for dinner as, as Cammy did, right? Yeah. And all of those things. Yeah, on Saturday night. Yeah. Did you know that Cindy Crawford was going to be part of the entourage? I'm not so, I, yeah. I don't know why that surprised me. It, it well, yeah, did. because. Kind of did. I, I, he has this, they call it like the Malibu mob. Okay. And where Chelly lives out in Malibu. And um, Cindy Crawford and her husband, yeah. Randy Gerber, yeah. they're part of the Malibu mob. Now, there you go. It's John McEnroe and his wife <laughs> and Eddie Vedder. And so Cammy says on Saturday, they're at this private reception. And Eddie Vedder, she, she sent me a picture. She's like 12 feet watching him play. <laughs> like he played like it, Pearl Jam's playing it for your buddies. <laughs> it was, you know, and McEnroe so got good. McEnroe played the guitar and he got up on stage and, yeah. um, and, and played and his wife got up and sang and it, like everywhere you turned, it's another, yeah. like Chelly collects. I, I, I just had this, you know, cause I wasn't there, you know, I, I just played against Chelly. I, I know him through, um, through Cammy and, and through working on TV with him. But, you know, like, so I was there as the plus one yeah. and with Cam and I was just watching like the people that he collects in his life. <laughs> it, Cause it's not just the hockey players. Yeah. It, it was like, it was, it, it was astounding so to watch. And they're they're They just, they love the guy. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that my two favorite things from the speech that Chelly's speech was he talked about how he got up to Moose Jaw to play junior hockey. He mm-hmm. was on the, his family moved to San Diego of all places. Cause his dad was going to open a restaurant out there and there was not much hockey. He was on the beach. He was learning to surf. He was playing, uh, uh, like uh, roller hockey in this, the scout had seen him play out there who lived out there and said, geez, you should go to Moose Jaw. So Chelly's like, all right. And so he jumped in his car, went to Moose Jaw. Didn't know anything, didn't know where he was going, <laughs> but if that scout didn't see him, there oh, was yeah. no Chris Chelios. So I, I love that story that the, the other one was, so he's, he's talking and he goes, I see the clock here says I got six and a half, six minutes and 33 seconds left. He talked for 25 more minutes. He blew through that six and a half. So minutes. good though. And it was so great. It was, he did an amazing job and the love he has for the city and the city for him was, was really, really pretty amazing. It yeah. was pretty amazing. I, I thought it was a phenomenal thing. And in overtime Kane, the plays going down towards Detroit's net and Kane's kind of hanging back. Mm-hmm. He's last guy back into the zone and the puck turned over and you could, you could just see it drags like, you know, cause we're up and you yeah. can just see it. And you're like, he's going to get a breakaway and the brinket pushes it up to him. And there was no chance he was <laughs> not scoring. Like I, I was, te- I texted with biz because TNT had my brother-in-law Tony on, on the panel. And I said, you know, it was great to have Tony on. Thanks. And, and he said, uh, I go, how about this ending? He goes, that was a movie. 
It was. It was it a was movie. So good. And and Kane goes in and scores, and uh, the place erupted. Oh, the other thing is, it was Kane's first game back there. I've never seen an ovation for a returning player like this. He went and did a little turn. Yeah. Then they cheered some more, so he did a bigger turn. Then he did a third one, and he goes, I don't know if I did too many of those or not enough. He goes, the guys kept telling me to go back. It was phenomenal. <laughs> it was it was an amazing day. It, well, speaking of amazing, just a you know a, a quick reference to what you just said. Tony Granato was on with TNT, right? Mm-hmm. This is why I think Sidney Crosby will always be viewed as maybe the best, certainly one of the best. There isn't a more genuine human being playing in the game than Sid. And that exchange between Tony Granato and Sidney Crosby was beautiful, right? Especially yeah. at the end, because you could tell yeah. Sid was right on the verge. Like it was so yeah. heartfelt, which speaks to the, the 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 deep relationship between Tony and Sidney Crosby. It was just such a wonderful thing. Well, you know, Tony wanted to go, you know, they asked Tony for Hockey Day in America if he was, you know, if he was feeling good enough to be on the panel. He said, sure, he had to go to Atlanta. So he was down there and, um, you know, I mean, we see him on TV and we're like just thrilled for him, yeah. you know, to be there. And, but the volume of texts huh. and reach outs that Cammy got in particular, um, for Tony being on there because people were so happy to see him. Yeah. And then for, so, you know, everybody noticed Sid's emotion talking to Tony. Yeah. And I, I just want you to just, I want people to stop for a second and think what that meant to the Granado family. Mm. Like I'm, I'm starting to, to feel it now. Like Sid's an amazing guy. He, he really is an amazing person for all the times people like to kick hockey in the ass. He is one of the greatest ambassadors for this game, for the way he treats people that people never see. They never see it. Yeah. Had that interview not gone viral, people wouldn't have known that Sid texts Tony all the time. Hmm. Always, always is in touch with people that he's met um, on children's visits. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I can tell you one thing. I, I, I hope Tony doesn't care about this, but we, we hear from a... a a person who's going through their own cancer battle and they reach out and talk to us about and send a note about how often Tony texts them to keep positive, to keep fighting. Like Mm -hmm. Tony's an amazing, amazing Mm -hmm. person. And so Sid was just awesome. It was so great to see. Oh, we loved it. Yeah. I mean, everybody did because it's rare in the world of sport where you can feel the genuine emotion through the TV screen. And in this case, we got that. Those are our headlines brought to you by Tim Hortons. Introducing Tim's new sweet chili chicken loaded wraps and bowls. Packed with delicious and hearty ingredients and topped with our new sweet chili sauce. Try Tim's sweet chili chicken loaded wraps and bowls today. Our interviews on Ray and Dregs brought to us by Canadian Club Whiskey, who have released the Canadian Club Invitation Series CC 15-year-old Sherry Cask. 
All right, time for Ask Rain Riggs Anything. You can send us your questions on X and Instagram at Rain Riggs or on the website, raindriggs.com. Um, Henrik Roman from Sweden is a oh. Pittsburgh Penguins fan, and he's asking, Ray, what should Pittsburgh do at the deadline? Should they tank for next season and beyond or try and make the playoffs and who knows, maybe even win the Stanley Cup? The problem is they can't tank because the guys they have are too good to be lousy. Yeah. But the team's not good enough to be great. Mm -hmm. Like they're they're stuck. And that was the choice they made, ownership, uh, management, a couple years ago when they signed Malkin and Latang in particular. And then they went and made the trade for Carlson. And so you're, that's what you've got a bunch of mid 30s that are playing below what you remember them playing, except for Sid, who's got 32 goals, I think. They're in Vancouver tonight. Yeah. And um, like they're, they're stuck. So what could they do? Could they find a, what if they decide to trade Tristan Jari? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's had statistically a really good year. Yeah. He has, he's either great. He's got six shutouts or he can't stop the puck. It's, mm-hmm. it's never really in the middle with, with, with Jari. But they just signed him to a five-year deal. So Dubas would have to go, yeah, that was, eh, so we're going to move forward, <laughs> right? That's hard to do. Yeah. But that could be one player. Because you can't just, they just signed Ryan Graves to a six-year contract. They can't trade him. No. Because nobody wants the next five years. Right. So they're, they're in a, so to answer the question, I, I don't think, I don't think they try to get better, but I don't think they're going to get appreciably worse, although, if they trade Jake Gensel, that pretty well gives you the indication of what they're doing. Right. All right. Adam Power is asking us to name a couple of teams in each conference, if we can, that with the right moves at the deadline could become a dark horse team in the playoffs. And it's a challenge, right? Because you can look mm. at, at, you know, the top eight teams right now. And of course it's possible, right? If they stay in that position, maybe they make a trade they become the Florida Panthers. We don't know this. So do you look just outside that line? Are you looking at, you know, Nashville or LA in the West? Um, you know, the See, East I, I think there's, I, I think there's a, like a dark horse would be a team like Florida. And I don't think there's a team like that this year. No, no. Um, I, I think the the teams that you identify uh, as you can see are the best teams. I think the winner is going to come from there, and there's probably about four in each conference. Yeah, I think. Yeah, um, the the team that I, I'm telling you, the Rangers have one of the most scary combinations because they have a very good defense and they have a goalie that's starting to get red hot. Mm-hmm. And if Shesterkin, like I was in Philly on Saturday afternoon, holy smokes, man, he <laughs> looks. Like, oh boy, he looks like 945 Shesterkin. You know, like, so if they get a, they're going to need a forward, at least yeah. one. If they can pull that off, I think the Rangers are, are really, really good. Mm. And, but, but that's not a dark horse, right? No, Florida, it's we so know, hard to pick a dark horse. Yeah. You're literally, Florida's going to be a yeah. bear. Yeah. Florida's yeah. going to be a bear yeah. to play through. Um, but it looks like Boston is finally starting to feel the effects of not having. Yeah. a couple of top centermen, yeah. right? That, you know, like you can do it for a while, but you miss. And in the West, 
you know, now we're, you know, Mark Stone's out and I mean, who knows how long that is, right? Mm. Like that's a, that's a, that's a medical issue, not a, a no. you know, a, a broken bone thing. Yeah. Um, but can Vegas be good? Is Vancouver good? Um, you know, what's Edmonton going to be, be like Colorado would still scare everybody, but they need another centerman. Mm-hmm. Um, they just got Nechuskin back out of the player assistance program. Yeah. Like those are, those are your teams, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Vegas is, uh, they're interesting because, you know, they're getting Eichel and, and Carrier back. Um, maybe pretty on quick, this right? Trip. Maybe on yeah, this pretty trip. quick, right? Yeah. They're, yeah. they're on a five game road swing tonight, I believe is game two against the Leafs. So it's, it's questionable that either of those guys is going to play on this road swing, that they're that close. So yeah. There's two pretty significant ads amid all of the uh, injury adversity in Vegas. All right. That's Ask Ray and Dregs anything. What's the travel assignment for Ray Ferraro oh, this week? I've got, I'm uh, doing the Canucks and Penguins tonight, Canucks mm-hmm. and Kings on Thursday. <laughs> and then after the, that game, better not go into overtime, Dregs, because <laughs> it's a seven o'clock start. I got an 1130 flight. Um, I'm on the red eye because I'm in Detroit Saturday afternoon. So <clears throat> if, if somebody wants a post game hit, it's going to be from in my car. <laughs> and you I won't be, be checking I, a bag, will you? <laughs> oh, there'll be no check in the bag. I will have the car nose out in the parking spot. Yeah. Gone. That's I'll be at the airport in 20 minutes. So that, that's the, that's the week. All right. Sounds good. We've got episode 45 coming up, hopefully Thursday. We always aim for Thursday, so that'll be the plan again this week. So, Yep. And you got a couple of Leaf games, I guess? We've got one, and that's tonight. That's uh, Vegas and and the Toronto Maple Leafs. And then, with apologies, just more speculative trolling on the trade front for insider trading. So We like it. Just just, uh, maybe next time you could tell us something. (laughs) No, I'll tell you... (laughs) Off the the air <laughs> okay. when we stop recording. <laughs> okay, perfect. All right, buddy. Okay, have a good have a good couple of days, everybody. Thanks, Drakes. And thanks to our sponsors who continue to support Rain Drake to make the pod possible. Our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey, and Tim Hortons. And yes, thanks to you for listening, for sharing, for rating the podcast, and for following us on the Rain Drake's YouTube channel as well. Until next time, stay safe, everybody. <laughs>